Good morning. Um, today we're going to focus on Google Sites. Um, Google Sites and the whole Google Apps platform has much to offer educators. Um, but what we want to spend a little bit of time this morning with is more in general terms with Google Docs. Um, our agenda, uh, we're going to take a little bit of a look at what society is like today, what students are like today, uh, what are the 21st century skills that are being uh, advocated throughout the State Department. We're going to take an overview of Google Apps, all the Google Apps, and then we're going to zero in on Google Sites. And we're going to talk about the value of Google Sites. We're going to talk and go through some examples, although several of the individuals here today already have their Google Sites, and we're going to kind of modify what they've, what they've already done. Um, we're going to create our own site. We're going to look at the various types of pages that are available. Uh, we're going to look at inserting items onto the page. And then the other big feature with Google in most of their products is this whole sharing. Um, being able to collaborate on an item. Uh, hopefully today we'll also get into a little bit on Google Docs in general. Because when you talk about Google Sites, the value of it, I'm, I'm an old Apple person. So if you're, you're the old Apple person, the big value was when you got your Mac, you got iPhoto, you got iMovie, you got GarageBand, and when you went to create an iMovie and needed to insert a photo, the photos were right there and the integration was awesome. I'm finding more and more that with Google, you now have that option. So you load your photos up on Picasa, you've got your YouTube videos, YouTube is owned by, by Google now, and when you want to insert those products, especially in a Google site, uh, the integration is, is a real, real positive. Okay, would like to take a moment and show you this video. Um, the video is entitled, Gotta Share. And as you're watching the video, I want you to see if you can tell us four or five tools that are mentioned that these people are using. Fair? And then the other part of the question is, how far-fetched is this video, or is it pretty close? Make sense? Okay. Do you want to give you a second to do that one? And there should be a submit way at the bottom. There you go. So you haven't used those form, that kind of a form? No, I haven't. Okay, that's all. You'll love it. Okay. We'll play with that a little bit, too. And you can embed that form into a website. Okay. Okay. Here's the video. And again, my I'd be interested in what technology tools are, are mentioned. And my bottom line question is how far fetched is this video? So we pretend. But you didn't buy any gas. How much would it be if we Now we start with uh, we did fill it with gas. You know, I often think all these truckers are out here actually. got a six minute commercial.
everybody. Thank you. Uh, we are very excited to launch our new platform. I do have to ask you to turn off all your mobile devices, if that's okay. News of this won't break until 6 p.m. and we'd like to keep it quiet. It'd really be great if there's no sharing of information at all until... You want us to turn our devices off? <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, sir. I can't comply. I have got to be online all the Unfortunately, that's the end of my time. Thank you. All right. Comment. Um, how far-fetched is that? In what regard, as far as... Their whole point is at the beginning, he said, I need you shut. At the yeah, beginning, he says, you have, <laughs> you have to shut off all your mobile devices because we can't let this go out until 5 o'clock tonight. The one gentleman stood up and said, don't you dare yeah. tell us we can't share. Right. Okay? So you've been texting and communicating back at your building every minute. What were some of the technology tools they cited? I Twitter, Twitter, Skype, Vimeo, Facebook, MySpace, uh, this Twirler, YouTube. Um, I know there were several more. Okay. Writing after I yeah, yeah. Vimeo was one yeah. for posting um, yeah. videos. Foursquare. Foursquare, I'm not... Real familiar Foursquare. Um, so, I don't think that's far-fetched. I think it, it, it kind of gets the point across. And the reason why I'm bringing this all out is, whether it's Google Sites or most of the Google products, this whole element of sharing and collaboration, it's just, it's the way society is. 
So I think that in a nice way says, this is the society we're dealing with. Your parents want to communicate with you. And whether it's through Google Sites, do you tweet or anything to parents? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, because you know, the, the incident over the weekend, uh, they said that principal uh, was tweeting pretty regularly. Uh, and it's just informational type. So. Uh, um, anyway, my point of this is, as we're talking about how Google fits into this, I wanted to share. I wanted to share. I wanted to share the video called "Gotta Share," and that is available on YouTube if you want to. It's. I think it says it nicely. Um, the second thing I want to talk about is that's what society is like, and now I want to talk a little bit about what the students are like. Um, now, what grade levels are yours, Mike? K four. K four would recommend this book. The book is entitled Rewired. It's by a Dr. Rosen. Uh, if you have iBooks or an iPad, it's downloadable with that version also. Um, I had read an article in USA Today probably, probably about a year ago, and it kept talking about the I generation. So they talk about the net generation, was the generation before where everybody was getting connected to the internet. He now refers to the I generation are the students that you're seeing now. Kind of like kindergarten through high school is the I generation. And he, this, what I like about the book is the book is directed towards teachers and towards parents. And he's just saying, hey guys, these are the students that you have in front of you. These are what the kids of today are like. And without going into a lot of detail, he's got, he goes through and outlines what he calls the 13 distinct traits of the I generation. One, introduction to technology literally at birth. Agree? Mm -hmm. Okay, you have, what, how old are your kids? Um, 9, 11, 13. Okay, okay. Any stories of any younger than that getting involved with technology? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, um, those are my grandkids. Okay, told you I'm old. Uh, this is Christian. Christian that was on the way home from Myrtle Beach a year ago. So he is, he is three. So a year and a half old, year, almost two years old. We stop at a Dutch pantry for breakfast, and he keeps saying, Papa, iPod. Papa, iPod. And I said to my daughter-in-law, what does he want? She goes, he wants your iPod. So he had a, a sister who's like four years older than him. Takes my iPod, turn, knows how to turn it on. Turns it on, finds his app called Uzu. Uzu was a manipulative type. Opened up Uzu and played for 10, 15 minutes, year and a half. I said, Christian, I need my iPod. Shut off the, the app, shut off my app, and handed it to him. So his point is, that this is my grandson. That was just taken probably two weeks ago. He's a year old, and he's playing. They had an old iPhone that's no longer, but it still has the apps on it, so he's using it. So... In the book, they're saying, and we've all heard the, the digital immigrant versus the digital native. You know, I'm a digital immigrant. I came into this in the 80s, learned technology, loved technology, and ran with it. These kids are digital natives. They're coming right in with it. He says they have a constant media diet. They love communication technologies. Um, they, he says they have the ability to use technology to create a vast array of content. I don't know about it at the elementary level what your thoughts are. Usually when we talk about high school, um, how about your kids, your, your children? As far as creating content, creating videos, creating audio. What I find my 
three kids each have their iPods. Okay. My son has an iPhone for his uh, grandmother. Okay. What they do, you know, it's not uncommon, especially during the summer months, for them to go outside, come back in, and with now a group of friends, they've made a movie about their tire swing. They've made a movie about, you know, doing flips on the trampoline, and they want to share that with me. Very cool. And then they want to add music to it, and, and they're doing that. So, and that's from my nine-year-old um, on to my, you know, the, once they hit that 13-year-old, I don't know if he knows what month it is, you know, all yeah. the changes yeah. he's going through. Yeah. But my girls, that's good. My girls are more into things like that. My son is more of a, um, quote-unquote, browser. He likes to look at his device to see and keep up with his buddies and members of his school, his class, to see what they're doing. Instagram okay. is a big one that my okay. kids use. Photo sharing, photo showing, yep. Yes, yep. very carefully, I All right, let me take that the next step. In our schools today, where do you see, are our teachers ready for that? Ready for, I throw up a cartoon usually and I don't have it up here. Uh, teacher on the board writes, tell me what you did over vacation. The little boy in the front row says, can I just email you the link to my blog? <laughs> now, what would most teachers, how would most teachers react to that little second grader who says, can I email you the link to my blog? I think speaking from my standpoint of my building, uh, the older teachers that have been around for a while will say, well, honey, you still need to know how to write it. Or, or share and speak. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I may look at your blog later, but you need to be able to write it in a paragraph form and indent and all this. Where okay. These younger teachers will sometimes, oh, well, looking as an opportunity for that child to share, she might go to her desk or her purse, whip out her phone, pull it up, and, sh and share it with the class. Okay. If okay. Or more in encouragement, I think, the more exposure the teacher has had to it. Okay. And, and I agree. In, in a large classroom setting here, the discussion goes back and forth, and it's usually, I don't want to say, the veteran teachers have a different perspective. And my argument, I'll come back to them and say, you know what, take a look at that blog. You might find out it is paragraph style. Mm -hmm. You might find out that he or she is to the point where they know it's published, and it's not, the spelling, the punctuation, the paragraph structure might be a lot better than you anticipate, and might be deeper than that paragraph he or she's gonna to write to you now. A lot of the veteran teachers that are within my building don't know how capable they are of using information, you know, technology, you know, um, when they really are. They just need that little nudge, and sometimes it's the, the students they have that can nudge them. Some hey, of them good are, point. You know, in our high school level, some of the most technologically savvy educators are tenured veteran teachers mm -hmm. who, you know, are just looking at it as this is a new tool. That push where we have in our district those policies about kids not using their cell phones in school. Number one, they do it anyway. You know, one of our buildings even banned hoodies wow. because children were putting their cell phones in, in their, their hoodies, hoodies and doing this. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and still okay. communicating. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's a battle you may not win. You might, and some I know have the opinion to embrace it and use those as tools, where others are still sticking their guns and keeping them out of the classrooms and the buildings altogether. Right. And having been an administrator and you being an administrator, there's issues there. So we're, in, we're buying into this BYOD, bring your own device, but there's realistic concerns also. But his point is, in fact, I should read the very, very first page. His introduction says, 
Today's students use computers, mobile telephones, and other portable technical devices regularly for almost every form of communication except learning. That's how he starts his book. So, you know, um, he, he goes on again and talks about they have a desire for immediacy, they need, you know, feedback. Bottom line is, he says that the students of today are literally rewired. They almost, he gets into a lot of multitasking. And in and, and teachers, you get a lot of discussion of whether they are good or bad. He says they're pretty good at it. Uh, he says it might be a little slower. It might be, but they're pretty good at it. And, and I always say, when I did my homework, I had never been exposed to all that technology. So when I went up to my room and turned on my little lamp, I studied right here. Now, if you described your 13, 14-year-old or you describe a high school student sitting down to do homework, you know. I, 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 I think that change, that shift, I became much more aware of it about maybe eight, seven, eight years ago when, you know, the diagnoses started coming into school, CAPD, Central Auditory Processing Disorder. Okay. One of the solutions recommended that we followed in the Poland schools, we installed the amplification systems yes. in all the classrooms. Yes. Yes. So a child wouldn't necessarily have to make eye contact with you, could still hear okay. and to do to you know and continue to, to to do two different things. Okay. And begin that multitasking, you know, That's it's like surround great. sound for yep. the teacher and the and the teacher's voice and the child can, you know, be doodling, but he's still getting what he's you're doing, saying. Yeah. Uh, you know, my kids, when it's time for homework, I, uh, you know, like you, I would do my homework with the TV off and, and, uh, and the desk lamp. Where my kids, find, I find them doing homework, they can sit on the floor yeah. and be spread out and their phone could be next to them. Yep. Or brother or sister could be playing the Wii. Yep. And they're still engaged. They, they just kind of have the ability better than I to tune it out. And we can argue that there's research that you would do better if they would focus. But the point is, they're not, their world, since that age, mm -hmm. they've been exposed to all that. And that's, right. you know, I use the other thing when you watch CNN or ESPN, and it's scrolling across the bottom, down the left-hand side is all. So our whole society has got us into that mode, and yet we say to our students, no, no, you've got to sit there and work on this sheet by itself. So I, I just really like the book. And he points all that out. And then he talks about, to teachers and parents, don't be afraid of social media. Incorporate it this way. Don't be afraid of such and such. Incorporate it this way. And his whole, the whole back of the book is all research-based, so it's all footnoted and everything. But he talks about the students of today are rewired, and he implies that parents and school systems need to get a little rewired. So recommend the book. And the only reason, again, I'm bringing this up is we talked about what society's like. Now we're talking about what are students like. And knowing both of those, um, we, we actually teach a whole five-hour class here on 21st century skills. Another big topic in education right now. And when we do that, we do a whole brainstorming on what are the 21st century skills our students need. Okay, And we're not going to get into that. But if you look at any of the models for 21st century skills. Uh, this is the one that the state of Ohio has adopted. It's by P21, the Partnership for 21st Century Skills. And on this one, 
They say they need to have life and career skills, they need learning and innovation skills, they need information, media, and technology skills. And what I like is that they say that the keystone that all this sits on are your core subjects. And then that model also says you have to have a positive learning environment, you can have PD, you and I talked about you need to have professional development backing up what you're doing. You need curriculum instruction, then you need an assessment model. Um, if you go through any 21st century model, and there are several out there, this again is the P21 model, it gets down to kind of like the four C's. They say that our students today need to acquire these four main 21st century skills. And it's communication, collaboration, critical thinking, and creativity. And again, why do I spend time on that? Because I sincerely believe that many of the Google products, and the one we talk about today, Google Sites, Google Docs, and a lot of the other ones we'll talk about, definitely lend themselves to communication and collaboration. Um, and the cre critical thinking, the creativity component becomes part of many of the apps. The last general comment I want to make is if you get into the new Common Core, you've got the English language arts and literacy, you've got the math. Um, on that second section that I've got there at the bottom, the big stress is that rather than be a set of separate section skills related, media and technology needs to be integrated throughout the core. So again, when you talk about technology, when you talk about Google products, when you talk about more specifically Google Sites, um, it's cross-curricular. And it's a way to integrate technology across the curriculum uh, embedded into uh, the Common Core. So um, I'm, I'm convinced that Google products uh, offer us that. Okay, so, so Google in general, and this slide here just says that most of us think of Google as a search engine, and what we want you to leave with today is just an understanding of that Google goes way, way beyond, um, and I'm going to go down, let me go down here, let me pull up Google, okay, um, I'm sure you may already be aware of this, but when you're on your Google page and you go across the top here, here's, it opens up the default is search. You can also do the images, Google Maps, Google Play, Google YouTube. YouTube is owned by Google. That's why the integration is nice. They have a Google News. Gmail becomes your account. It becomes your login. Uh, now, in your district, you're with Google Apps for Education. Do you have, a, is it tied to your domain? Not you, everyone is. There's okay. A handful. I mean, I, we're access. Okay. So I, okay. Yeah. But that access account is tied, is your Google account? Or do you have to use Gmail to get into a lot of this I, stuff? Do you know? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Because with Google Apps for Education, here, here's, here's what it amounts to. To use all these Google products, you need a Google account. Okay. okay. Google account does not have to be Gmail. So you could tie your Google account to your domain address. When we're in a classroom setting, we say the easiest way 
the easiest way is to, uh, if you create a Gmail account, your Gmail becomes your Google account. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, in a classroom setting, your, your Gmail would get you into all these products. Now, I'm going across the top here. Um, you've mentioned you use Google Calendar, right, Mike? Okay. Great, great program. Do your staff, do they use Google Calendar yet? Okay. Um, now, here's what I want to show you. If you click on more, okay, if you click on more, here's more Google products. If you've not seen, have you played with Translate at all? No, I haven't. Watch this real quick. Go to Translate, and you type in, I don't know if you can see that very well, but in English you put, uh, let me put how are you. Then across the top here, you select any of these languages. So if you go and you click on French, it translates it over there on the right. And you can hit the, the audio, and, and it will pronounce it for you. So this is a Google product called Translate. Now, I, I tell the story that I shared with you that I was the principal at a Jewish day school. Two of the teachers uh, came from Jerusalem, young couple, and they taught our Hebrew for us. They have a Facebook account. So I follow them on Facebook, but they write everything in Hebrew. So what I do is go to their Facebook, copy it, open up Google Translate, paste it, and get the translation. So uh, Google Translate is, is another program. Now, again, going across the top, my, the point of all this is I'm trying to show you that Google is way beyond a search engine. So what do we got here? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine apps. Then I'm going to go here, 10. Here's uh, Google Mobile, Google Books, uh, Google Wallet, where they're getting the point where you're tying a credit card to. Uh, Blogger, you shared with me that you use Blogger as your um, blog. Uh, Google Reader is an aggregator. This is pretty, you put in your topics. I'm a big Buckeye fan. So I put in Ohio State Buckeyes. I'm, I own a Ford Mustang, so I put in Ford Mustang. I put in Google Docs. I put in iPad. And what it does, it pushes content to me in this reader aggregate every day. And it, it categorizes for you, it keeps track of whether I've read it. Great program, worth looking into, Google Reader. Google Finance. Google Photos is actually Picasa. And there's both a Picasa um, application you could put on your desktop, but then there's Picasa Web. Do you use the, the web version? Do you know? S upload them to a web version. Okay, we need to look at that because if it's, it's, you'd go to Picasso Web, use your same Gmail account, log in, and you can upload all your photos up there, and you can edit them, you can share them, but what, what we're going to talk about today is you can then move them very easily into your Google site. Okay? Now, glance up front for a minute. I've gone across here. I've gone down here. Now look at this. It says even more. All of these are Google searches, I'm sorry, are Google apps. I would suggest as you're doing Google products that you use Google Chrome as your browser only because we have found that it, it works more smoothly, especially with Google Docs and that type of thing. But Google Mobile, Maps for Mobile, YouTube, Google Books, News, here's Picasa. Now this Picasa is actually a program that gets downloaded on your desktop. 
So it's actually a program. Google Web is the version that sits out on the web that you can share. Google Maps, Google Earth, I'm sure you've played with, is awesome. Um, Google Drive, Google Drive is kind of like Google Docs. Are you familiar with um, Dropbox? Mm -hmm. Okay. Some degree, yeah. Okay. Dropbox, the, the concept is that you have this virtual folder on your desktop, and when you drop it in there, it's saved on the server that you can then access from any computer. Google Drive now offers that. So Google Drive is a virtual folder that you can drop things in, and then you can have access to it from any computer. So Google Drive is kind of tied into Google Docs now. Uh, what else? Here's Google Translate. Here's Google Sites, and that's what we're going to eventually get into today. Uh, Google Plus is kind of a, a Facebook-like um, setup. Um, Google Hangouts, if you've not looked into Google Hangouts, Google Hangouts is video conferencing with up to eight other people and yourself. So we just, in fact, we just did a book review on Rewired that we had other people attend. Now what's really awesome with Google Hangouts is I invite you to my Hangouts and I can get eight of you. All your, it's live video. All eight videos are down there at the bottom. I'm talking. If you start talking, your image comes up on the big screen and I go down. And we have this whole free Google Hangouts is awesome for video conferencing. Um, going down, okay. So my point is, I don't know a total here. I probably should count them someday. But my bottom line point is, Google is, is just a powerful, powerful um, uh, group of apps. And what I mentioned earlier was the integration between the apps is, is pretty powerful. Now and how do you access that Google Hangouts? Google Hangouts, you actually need a Google Plus account. Okay, that's a Google Plus yeah. account. Yeah, okay. and, and we can play with that later if you like. Okay. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's pretty valuable. I've just, my boss has really gotten into using it. He does all his video conferencing through state-level meetings and whatever they do through Google Hangouts. Okay. I'm relatively new, and we used it, like I said, within the week uh, to do a, a book review, and it, it was pretty, pretty valuable. Okay, um, here again, it's Google has a one-stop shopping opportunity, and, and I, you know, if I'm praising Google too much, um, I just think educationally, the price is right, the, the value of it now. I don't want to oversell it either. When I start talking about Google Sites, Google Sites is free, it allows you to do a lot. There are some things you can't do, okay? But uh, here were the ones that I recommended over here, Chrome, is the browser, Picasa, Reader, and Sites, I would strongly recommend, along with you've got to, if you've not gotten into it, is get into Google Docs. Google Docs, um, you go to docs.google.com or drive.google.com, you sign in with your Google account, and that's the one you can create documents, presentations, PowerPoint-like presentations, spreadsheets, and forms, and forms are surveys. That little survey you just did at the beginning, that's created through Google, Google Forms. Um, and then it's all coordinated into my, into my Google Drive. Um, then you mentioned that you've gotten into Google for Education. 
Um, this is a good website down here at the bottom, google.com slash edu slash teachers. Um, this site is specifically set up to use Google in education. Um, strongly recommend. In fact, at the end, you could jot it down, but I'm going to give you some of these slides to go with, to leave with, or at least the link to them. Um, here's, here's what that link takes you to. And you can just see there's a, there's a section for teachers, for students, for organizations, uh, all of these live links. Here's lesson plans. You can go click on lesson plan search and pull up Google Docs that are, that are uh, laid out by subject matter, classroom videos, um, just, just a nice site, just a nice site. Okay, why do you need a Google account? Because it gives you access to all of that. Um, one that I mention all the time is YouTube. I think YouTube takes a bad rap sometimes. Um, I take videos of my grandchildren. I upload them to YouTube and you can make them totally private. They're not searchable, they're not shareable. And so once they're there, I can share them, but what I really like is I can easily embed them into my Google sites, okay? So you need a Google account so that you have access to all those 40, 50 some apps that I mentioned to you. The main emphasis for the last half hour, hour has been why Google? How does Google provide educators today a, a free, valuable, uh, powerful group of apps to incorporate and lend themselves to the society we have, the students we have, and also help us get to 21st century skills? Um, we're going to take just a few minutes to lead into one of the more specific apps, and that's Google Sites. Um, there's a brief little, again, Mike, I know you've already gotten into it, but this will kind of give a, a little overview of what is a Google Site, what is the value of it, and then um, we'll uh, get into more specifics here. Hi, my name is Scott Johnston, and I'm the product manager for Google Sites. I joined Google as part of the Jumpstart acquisition, and I'm excited to tell you about Google's first release of our product. Google Sites is the newest addition to the Google Apps product suite. It will allow you to easily create a network of sites and publish them both in and outside your domain. So let's look at some examples for how you might use Google Sites. Whether you're a small business owner or part of a large enterprise, you can use Google Sites to centralize your company's information in an intranet. Let's take a look at the upcoming company poker tournament. Looks like there's a mistake here. With Google Sites, you can fix it fast. You can even attach documents, which will be included in search results. You have control over who can update this information. Google Sites makes it really simple to publish content. For example, an employee can create a profile site, including their resume, goals for the quarter, and other information. This makes it easy for other employees to find coworkers with specific skills or experience. If you're a teacher, you can use Google Sites to create a virtual classroom. Your site becomes a library where you post homework assignments, class content, document class activities and events, even drop in photos from the last field trip. 
then students and parents can get all the information they need in one place. Whether you're a student working on a group project or part of a team at work, you can create a site to manage your project. You can add a blog with the announcements page type to share and archive team updates. You can also embed relevant spreadsheets, presentations, documents, and videos into the site so it becomes the central place for all your project information. Google Sites is a new collaboration tool that allows anybody with Google Apps to create sites with just one click. Your content is instantly searchable using Google search technology and you have full control over who can access your information. You can use this no matter what size your organization. To learn more, see sites.google.com. Okay. Um, wish they hadn't done the poker tournament, but uh, for education purposes, it does talk about how easy it is. It also, this version was one of the uh, earlier versions. Um, as you get into yours today, it'll look a little bit different, but the basic uh, format is still there. Um, what is Google Sites and why Google Sites? Number one, it's a web design program. Some of us, I'm trying to think of, did you ever use a, a full-blown web site developer? There was one, I'm trying to, Dreamweaver? Was it Dreamweaver? Uh, yes. Okay. Front page, I think you yes. mentioned. Yes. Front page, Dreamweaver, those were full-blown, very sophisticated web design. The problem was, and, and I believe this is accurate, you needed to know some HTML. You needed to, to deal with language. And the whole idea of Google Sites is, and we're going to talk about this, I think Google Sites needs to be looked at in two perspectives. One is, how can it be used for the administrator? How can it be used by your PTA, PTO organization? How can it be used by teachers? But I sincerely believe that it needs to get down to the student level. So I think you need to look at it as if you've got a project going and these three students are going to do a project on Greek mythology, to assign them to create a site, share it with them, they can collaborate on that same website, they start posting their content, their videos, their vocabulary, everything they found with Greek mythology, they submit that to the instructor for their project. And then the teacher, because they've created that site, they have control over that site. They can delete it if they want. They can just leave it where it is. But we're seeing more and more and more use of Google Sites on the student level. And, and I'll share with you some examples where you can go out and see what some of the teachers have done. Um, another example they do is any kind of project, uh, the Washington, D.C. trip. So you got a Washington, D.C. trip, and you need to get all the paperwork, you need to get the itinerary, you need to get the contact information. Why not create a, a, a Google site, share that link with the parents? So, um, we have parents annually request that form, you know, with that first day of school, with the student registration form. You know, our emergency contact numbers, why couldn't that be a document, you know, as opposed, we'd rather type our children's name in four times than handwrite it anymore. Okay. You know, and just, you know, the request being wake up, Poland. You know, let's, let's get with. That's that's know. pretty interesting. Yeah. So we talk about where society's going. Well, that society is your parents now. So they're saying, you know, give it to us in a different format. I keep mentioning Google Forms, so we're going to spend time on that. You could very easily have a Google Form that would you would give that link to the parents. 
They would enter their information, the student's information, all the information you need, and that information goes immediately to a spreadsheet that you don't have to do anything with it. So it's not getting all these sheets of paper and, and sorting them out. It's nice because my wife's the chair. I'm thinking right when you said that, Dave, I'm thinking PTO membership. Exactly. There's my wife getting all these forms Paper. and collecting all the money. Yeah. Where it could be, and then she's taking those names and adding it to a spreadsheet where that can all be done. It, yeah, it populates the spreadsheet. As they hit, when you hit the submit button with that little survey, that's now on my, on my spreadsheet. So um, that's very interesting that you say that. We're almost, our society is almost asking for this. Okay. Um, there's also the point that a lot of the, the uh, apps, parents, community, they can subscribe to your content. So that if you have a blog, they can subscribe to your blog so that every time you post, they get a beep, beep on their phone. Okay, so I don't know if you're into that yet or not, RSS feeds and, and subscriptions to it. So basically it's a web design program. It comes as part of Google Apps for Education or Anybody can just create a Google account and get into Google Sites. Um, again, that last paragraph I want to stress, it's for teachers, students, clubs, sports, or in your case where you're trying to do it for, from the administration point of view, it's a building level site. But I really do think when we get a bunch of teachers together, we brainstorm how they could use Google Sites as part of their project management. Students will run with this. Just give them a couple of the tools, they come up with beautiful stuff. Here again, why? It's web-based, which means that there's nothing to install. There's not the old days where you had to put the application on 22 computers. It's web-based, plus you can access it then from any computer. I don't like using the word easy because there is a learning curve. There are some things you need to maneuver your way around. But overall, I think what they're saying compared to the front page, the, the large scale uh, site developers, this one's relatively, again, I hate telling anybody it's easy. It's easy after you learn it. It is powerful, and this is the one I've mentioned all the way through this morning. The integration, I think, is awesome. Um, this is, is interesting, too. Uh, there's a little bit of a limit as to how many you can do, but it's, it's pretty wide. Uh, the last piece of information I've got was that you can create up to five Google Sites a week. So, um, you know, 52 weeks, figured out. I mean, so you can create as many as you really want. The idea of allowing to share the editing rights, we're going to talk about Google Docs and Google Presentations where we're all working simultaneously on the same document. You can also share uh, the web. You can share the web with people and allow them to edit it. You can allow them to actually become an owner, or you can uh, say that they can only view it. If you end up making it public and give go the link, then they can only view it. And bottom line is, it's free. What I'm going to do, in fact, I'm going to glance through this here in a minute. I'm going to give you a site here. If you go to this particular site right here, it's, it's put out by Google. Um, it's support.google.com slash sites. And 
And when you click on that, up here in the top left, it, it's good information. That's a site you need to have if you want to look up other additional. But right down the last one, Sites for Teachers, if you click on that one, there's a lot of neat examples. And I'm going to ask you to just take a minute or two and, and glance through. This is one that's more on a school level. Um, there's one here for a uh, field trip that they were going to do. But um, Mike, you've already got into it and you've got a feel for what all it can include. A lot of people getting started with Google Sites don't even know what it could look like. So those are just a, a good source of, of samples that's worth looking at. Um, let me glance back here again. I'm going to, I'll give you a minute to look at that in a second. Let me go through just a couple here. Um, I've got, when you start looking at what kind of, of sites you want to do, this is one I did. It's called The Smiling Grandparents, okay? So when you click on this one, this is a site that I've created. And what I actually have, I have several blogs. So I have a blog called Smiling Grandparents. And if I then put the link on my website, okay, to go to the actual blogs. This one, I think I mentioned earlier that I'm a Buckeye fan, okay? I've got a group of guys that we do a lot of road trips to Buckeye games. We go to NCAA basketball. So I have a blog called Road Trips to the Buckeye Four. And if you click on that, it would take you. I'm a Mustang person, uh, random photos. I've put some videos of grandkids. I think I have some gymnastics. I have some flag football, um, family images. So this one's just one that I've put together. I call it Papa Philibin. It's a website that I use for just personal display of information, okay? Um, this one is more uh, work-related. I've created one, I teach a class called the Apple iPad. And what this is, this becomes a depository of resources so that when they leave the class, they've got it, okay? So if you go to this one, all I need to do is give them that main website, sites.google.com slash slash iPad WRPM and on here then if you go to class sessions you actually get a link to the slides from the class you get photos from the various classes this one is a posting of just what's happened to educational technology from the pencil all the way up to the iPad uh, this one is a nice infographic that talks about what's happening with cloud computing. Then here's, here are my resources. So if you go to resources and click on articles, we'll talk a little bit later about the different pages. Okay, this is a file cabinet page. So I've uploaded these PDFs that anybody can click on. They can actually view them or they can download them and use it as their own. So this whole file cabinet page is pretty neat. If you need to share things with your, with your staff, with your parents, okay, um, it's, it's a file cabinet. Um, here's one on QR codes, and I've linked some sites. I've linked a really neat video. I've included an infographic. 
So you've got a lot of things that you can do with it. Then most of us, when we get into a site, start using it as a link. So if you want content-specific apps for the iPad, you click to this, it takes you out. Mm -hmm. Relatively easy, we'll talk about uploading videos. Um, what I have found, you can embed content. And I think, Mike, you said you've embedded some things. There's actually an embed gadget in sites. Or what I have found is I upload them privately to YouTube. And then when you do your insert video YouTube, it drops it in just really, really nicely. Okay. And I think that's videos, iLife, iPhoto Garage Band, iMovie. It's nice when you download these, you can double click them. It actually opens them up in full frame. So this little website right here gives whoever I give them the link to all of that information. So that, again, I just, as an example. Um, on this page, um, along with these samples, this one is my son who teaches in Liberty. And I thought it was kind of neat what he did. Um, their district has gone, Liberty Schools, has gone to use Google Sites as their main page. Okay, so you, you that are familiar with these. This is their main page. Um, I'm going to go back to Ryan's, and he's got the typical announcements, whatever. This one I thought was kind of neat. What he does here is he takes a screenshot of the lesson from today, because he uses the computer a lot and projects it. He takes a screenshot, then he downloads that and puts it on his Google site. So you can, any parent who has a student in first period can go and view his notes that he had up on the board today. So I thought that was, that was a good use of. Um, the rest of the announcement page, homework page, uh, your pre calendar you've used, home you've used, and then he's got the link to the district page. So that's, that's kind of like, I just closed the wrong one. Okay, so as we start talking about sites, just wanted to give you some examples, okay? How many can you create? This is the one I, that I found. If you get the message, sorry, you cannot create more sites at this time, right here it implies, uh, right here. If you wait a couple of days and try again, you should be able to create a site as the limit is creating five sites per week. Okay, I believe that's still, still the post. Um, here again, we've talked about once you have the site, you can make it public or private. Have you shared yours with anyone? Or you, in your case, you're pretty much managing it. I'm managing it. Yeah. Okay. 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 Um, you can actually invite other people as collaborators and they would then have access to actually work on your web page along with you. Now in your situation, you want that control. <laughs> you you want to, okay. Once you get into it, you can do a lot of customizing. You can select a given theme, but you can go way beyond that and we'll play today. Where you get into specific colors, fonts, um, the whole theme thing is a given, but we're going to get you into this one where you can really get into a lot more. Uh, um, this one in, in the class today, um, 
Mike that we're working with, um, he wants to, I'm, I'm guessing, pretty much work on his own school one. Um, but what we usually do is we brainstorm this, what kind of sites could you do? And I gave you the example of kind of a biographical or a family one. Um, do you hope to get your students, or not your students, your teachers? Oh, 1,000%. Okay. Yes. And using yours as a model? Yes. Okay. Saying, here's what it looks like, here's how easy it is, uh, here's what I can do. So the next step, yeah, obviously would hopefully get your teachers. Now, your sites are tied to the main site, is that correct? Correct. So you've got somebody who does the main site, then you make a link to yours, yes. and it doesn't matter whether that, you... That's why, and you would know certainly, when you click on the home page of the Poland schools, it's not a Google address on top. It's that k12.us.oh, right. whatever it is. And even on each individual building's home page, you know, it seems as if you, by clicking on enter, you get into Google. You know, because that the, the snapshot of the home page of my building isn't a Google. I have nothing to Correct. do with that. Correct. I just build. What they've done is they've actually just made a link from their main page to your Google page. Okay. Is what it seems like. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So if you just gave that link to me, I'd go right to yours. Yeah. What they. And I think that's why when I did have <laughs> the new building website created. And I just contacted the woman at the high school. I said, here's the link. Exactly. And then she pasted it exactly. in. Exactly. Okay. So when you click on your image mm -hmm. of the building, enter here. Yes. She's just attached that image to your link. Right. And it immediately takes you to your web page. Okay. And it would easily, you could do that with your staff where they'd link from there also. Okay. Again, normally in the classroom, we brainstorm all kinds of ways. We let them play with all kinds of websites. But I think today we're going to focus on... Uh, on Poland's. Um, okay, so today basically we've spent this uh, hour, a little over an hour, and talked about how Google products fit into education, why, why Google, uh, the great integration factor, and what we're going to move into now is just creating a, a Google site. And for those of you watching the video, uh, basically you need to go to sites.google.com you're going to get that web page that you, the image that you see on the on the screen right now, and basically sign in, sign in with your Google account, and you will then be taken to a page that looks like you're going to go, and it's going to look like this right here. Um, when you log in, it's going to keep track of all your websites. Those are ones that I've created. And then you're going to click on Create on the left. And from that point on, it again, I, I hesitate to use the word easy, but it will lead you through the process of, of Google Sites and creating. Hopefully today we've given you a, a perspective of why Google Apps uh, are a great addition to any building, any classroom, or any community project um, it's just a, a very valuable tool. Thank you.